Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Gary Holt from Exodus and formerly from Slayer, and you're listening to The Razor's Edge. All from Evile, welcome back to The Razor's Edge. Thank you for having me again. Um, and um, I want to look back at, at a bit of your past as well as the new albums, so, uh, and you've been delivering thrash metal goodness since your formation as a band so can you take us back to those early days and share some memorable moments that that helped shape you to be the band you are today so we started in 1999 as a covers band playing surprise surprise metallica songs (laughs) (laughs) and um it was just me matt ben and mike just having a laugh and we did that for a few years. It was really fun. It was great. But, you know, it got to a point where it was like, it felt like cheating, basically doing covers. Yeah. So we just tried our own stuff and it went well. Um, a lot of cool gigs. We had a lot of fun. Uh, then we got signed mm-hmm. by Eric Records. I think they were very drunk at Bloodsock Festival. <laughs> and um, it just went from there because we never really had a goal we hmm. we didn't want to get signed and get big at first we were just doing it for fun and then when we got um signed it was like well i guess we'll give this a, a shot so it's the rest is i hate saying that the rest is history but yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> well well yeah it is and you've been going a long time now 99 so that's 24 years <sighs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so, so you, you've, um, as a band now, you've released six full-length albums. Um, how do you feel that the Evil sound has evolved over those years and over those albums? Um, I think it's evolved in a sense um, in terms of structures and approach, but I think the sound is still rooted in what it's always been rooted in, and that's just kind of the old thrash, old metal kind of sound. It's, it's basically what I grew up loving, yeah. Like the music I grew up with still influences me now to like, it's still in me, like my style, my playing and everything. So I, I wouldn't say it sounds bad, but I wouldn't say it's evolved. I think we've just experimented and, and had fun with it. You know, we're, we're yeah. not out to try and be the next um, tool or anything. We just, <laughs> we're having fun with our kind of style of music. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the latest album, The Unknown, I think, showcases a heavy approach but i think it still harks back to those influences i was i was listening to it again today and i think a song like the mask we wear has a a a, a darker metallica influence but almost like the, the black the sad but trues and, and maybe into the loads yeah. those darker songs off those you can hear hear that influence on on tracks like that um but but overall the unknown is is a bit of a departure from that traditional evil sound what what made you go in a different direction i think um to me it's the same sound it's just i've changed the tempo when when writing you know when when you have slower tempos you can't do the thrashy stuff but um i think it was it was a few things um we looked at our back catalog and we looked at all the tempos we usually do. And it's pretty much always the same tempos. It's either really fast or mid paced, but nothing beyond that. So we just thought, you know, let's change it up a bit. And 
and explore these speeds that we've never done before because we love playing the slower, heavier stuff. Like when you play a festival and we play like we're about to die or ahead of the demon, it's mm. you see everyone suddenly getting into it. And we just love that bounciness. Um, but also we never want to repeat ourselves. So Helen Leash being so fast and aggressive and extreme, we just wanted to do the polar opposite. So it just made perfect sense for us to just go that way. And we enjoyed it and yeah, it's gone exactly as we, as we wanted. Yeah. And it's, it sounds great. And usually I'll interview yourselves or other bands before the album's released, but obviously it's been out a few weeks now. So what's the the fans reception to, to this been like, how have you felt it's been received? I think it's mostly positive. Uh, the majority is is great, but um, you know, there's there's always going to be people who don't like your stuff. You you, you just can't. Yeah. Th- there's no point trying to please everyone. You know, mm. um, we write our music for us. That's the priority. If we're all four of us are happy and we like playing it, that's the most important thing. If other people like it as well, it's great. Um, but you know, it's I, I respect anyone's opinion if they like it or they don't like it. But if someone's criteria for an album is if it's thrash or not, I don't care. Like that is not a criteria for an album. Yeah. So to me, if people like it, it's great. If people don't, it's, it's fine. You know, they reserve the right to not like it. So I'm happy. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and, and the album explores some in-depth lyrical topics this time from depression to living with dementia, things like that. How did you manage to translate personal experiences into, into the lyrics that you're now putting on this album? Well, when I sat down to um, do the lyrics, I tried like naturally to do the typical thing we've done before, like mythology or demons and all that kind of thing. And it was just, it was a bit embarrassing, like, just putting that kind of thing over these slower songs, it just seemed a bit, it just did not gel well at all. So uh, the only other thing I I knew was myself and my experiences. So I I kind of went through a list of topics I think would be suitable for certain songs. And I think because if this was five years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't have been comfortable enough to do it. But I'm just at that age now where I, I give as I don't give as much of a shit about doing it because I'm, I'm comfortable doing it. Yeah. And it just suited the songs really well. As soon as I tried some of the ideas, I was like, it has to be this. It, it can't, I can't like shy away and go demons and war. It just, it, it made sense. And everyone else in the band agreed. They were just like, it's got to be this kind of thing. Yeah. It, it, it's the second album with you on vocals rather than Matt, obviously. Um, how, how involved were you vocally whilst Matt was still in the band compared to obviously now whilst, now that Matt's left? Um, I mean, Matt had the advantage of 20 plus years of, he went through the start where he blew his voice, he had trouble and everything like that. The things that I've been through as well. Uh, Matt got so good at vocals that he, you know, it's, it's, it's Matt, you know, everyone's going to be like, Oh, bring Matt back. It's, we're never going to escape that. But, um, um, I think I have some similarities to Matt's voice. I think just because we're related and, um, but I kind of, 
I prefer a, a more harsher edge, like the Hell Unleashed thing. It had to be that kind of death metal-y, like, growl. And this one, I guess this was more in the vein of what Matt would do, the more melodic approach. And um, um, it's that's all that came out. You know, I've, I'm, I've learned how to control my voice a bit more, and that's what came out. I wasn't trying to do anything particular. It's just that's what happened yeah and i was gonna say that I'll, there's definitely a, a progression for want of a better word in your voice it, it's definitely it, it, it was it was more raw a, a vocal sound i think on the last album to this one mm. and when i spoke to you last you mentioned you were having vocal lessons and things like that to get into that role is that something you're still doing yeah to an extent i'm not not as much anymore because i've got more of a fundamental understanding of of what i need to do uh, but I also have the battle of, um, I have acid reflux really bad mm. and that can completely destroy your vocal folds if you want from wanting to sing. So I've got to battle that, but, um, yeah, every now and then I'll still ask Melissa for some advice and, um, a, a few other people that help me out. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's still, a, it's a work in progress. I'm still not, not there. So it's a constant lesson. Yeah. Learning with every new song you write, I guess, or record, yeah. Yeah, or every rehearsal, I'll blow my voice and think, ah, yeah, don't do that next time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, it's also the second album with Adam on, on guitar with, with yourselves. How has he gelled with the band and, and how much of a creative force is he in the, the Eval writing process now? Well, Eval's always been democratic um so people can put riffs in or say it's good say it's bad uh, it's just mostly always fallen to me to do the the structural recording and writing uh, but this time around adam was here for the start of the album because he joined when hell unleashed was finished so he couldn't really do anything or write anything um the track monolith is adam's song he sent the main riff over and said what do you think of this so i worked on it a bit and said what do you think of this is a song and it just really worked out well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's, he's really good. He's, he's 22. Um, and I think he's older than us in some ways, very like <laughs> relaxed and chilled. He just likes a cup of tea <laughs> and you know, he's, he's, yeah, it's really easy to get on with. And that was the main, the most important thing. We didn't want to get someone who we don't know and it's difficult to get along with because we just don't have time for that. So yeah. it's, it was a really, really good fit for Adam. Excellent. And and, and the, the Evile live performance, you've always got a reputation for that energetic show that you've always put on. With the new album's release and, and obviously the difference in tempo that we've been talking about, how do you envisage the new material going over live? Um, we've, already, we've done a few shows and put a few new songs in it. It went really well. But um, we, we already know how to do this we have slower songs um i think people forget that we've we've done two ballads before we've done you know cult is slower head of the demon what you become we've we've got really slow stuff but we've never really explored it much so we we know how to do the peaks and valleys of set lists so we know how to build up to a fast song and drop it down and we, we know exactly where to put them in the set list so it's it's going to be really fun it's, it's but I wouldn't say energetic anymore because like my, my back's going. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it comes to us all with age, doesn't it? Yeah. 
<laughs> um, so as a guitarist, obviously you have the, the significant role in, in shaping Evil sound, as we've talked about. Um, are there any particular influences that you draw on yourself that's impacted your playing style? Yeah, um, but being fully honest, I, I wouldn't say I've, I've worked on my guitar work for quite a while. I, I got to a point where I'm comfortable and I've learned everything I want to learn and I'm happy. So I, on top of everything else, I, I don't have much time to play anymore. So um, I grew up with uh, Jeff Waters, Annihilator, Alex Skolnick, Testament, um, obviously Metallica. Uh, Sepultura guitars um, so it, it's pretty much that still I, I still get the same feeling I do when I was 16 when I listen to that and get inspired to do things and um, I definitely just say those those guitarists yeah and and obviously you shared the stage with some of those guitarists and I remember seeing with you you with destruction back in probably 2008 was it where Damnation yeah. went on stage with them and so what's it like sharing the stage with those bands that you've looked up to throughout throughout <clears> the journey and it's very weird like we the destruction thing was was special because it was for Mike um that we we shared the stage with Megadeth at one point I can't remember where but we got up and sang Peace Cells and it's it's just bizarre it's it's almost like it hasn't happened because I don't fully remember it. And when you're there, it's like, no, no, this isn't happening. Um, but I remember when I, I filled in for Mike at one festival with destruction and I, I was fine. Like, I don't really get nervous. And when I was stood behind the cabs, like the, the intro to curse the gods came on over the PA and I went like, Oh shit. Oh, I'm actually doing it. <laughs> so I did get nervous then, but um, it went really well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and and just talking about the unknown and the the artwork that you've you've had produced for the unknown it is very visually captivating so what was the story behind that and how did you get the artist to tie it into the the concepts that you've got on this album so i met we, we've worked with Elran Cantor before on the skull album but um i wanted to work with him again because I, I personally wasn't 100 percent happy with that art and i said i'd love to do something i met him at his exhibition in Liverpool at the Dark Earth. And I just told him I've got an idea for a, a, a song or an album, and it's about the fear of becoming a parent for the first time. And he, he's the same age as me, he's got kids as well. And he just, he, he said something like, you don't need to tell me anymore, I've got an idea. Like, okay, fair enough. So got home and emailed him and I said, the, the only thing I'd ask is it'd be visually striking, not typically metal you know out of the realms of typical stuff and maybe a bit of blue in there because we don't have much blue in our covers and he sent that over like the the draft of what you see basically and it was just perfect i i, I as soon as i saw it it was almost like i already knew that was what it was going to be because as soon as i saw it, it was just perfect exactly what i wanted so yeah. hats off to eliran he's he's, he's amazing yeah yeah, and he and he's literally ninety nine percent of album covers these days. Is is his yeah, film. yeah, literally. <laughs> um, so you said he sent the draft over. How 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 unfit? How different to the finished article is that draft? It wasn't different at all. It's it was pretty much the same thing. So the the draft he did 
was the building blocks of what the the finished thing was so he just further worked on it and there, there was like one or two other little sketches that he said like how about this but that one just stood out instantly and i just said that please and, and that was it <laughs> <laughs> um and the music industry as a whole has evolved quite a lot since since you as eval launched really so um mm. how do you navigate the current landscape compared to how it was back in 99 2000 when you were starting out it's really difficult now and um, not not to even mention how expensive it is now especially for touring or getting anywhere but um I I kind of miss the the MySpace days where you had your own little website and you could yeah. put your songs on there and it was just so simple but um it's it's difficult because as much as I love streaming and the ease of streaming it doesn't pay artists enough I know that everyone knows this and everyone says this but nothing's ever done about it but it doesn't pay enough people don't buy music anymore or CDs or vinyl except collectors you know but yeah um it's just hard. Like me, I'm always honest about being in Eve Island. I work full time and I have two kids and I do a lot of music stuff in between. But um, for us to tour, for me personally, it's a case of can I get the time off work or not? Just just like everyone else, if they want time off. And any employer is going to say no if you say, can I get two months off? Yeah, They can be like, yeah, you can take it and I won't pay you for two months. But then the tour won't make as much as the job would. So it's just, it's a constant balance. In fact, the last album, this last song on the album, Balance of Time, is literally about that. It's about how impossible it is to make it all work. So, yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I think a lot of fans are still quite surprised when you come out, you or anyone else come out and say, actually, I've got a full time job alongside this. And so, yeah. so how, what's the financial reality for a band today? touring how, how successful would you have to be in order to, to give up that day job well you'd need to make the same amount per month and the, the industry unless you are touring constantly and playing a decent sized venue all the time and mm. and festivals with decent fees um it's it's nigh on impossible unless you're above that level where your band is at a level where you know everyone knows who you are you sell loads of tickets uh, we've just always had that problem of never getting over that threshold where we've always like struggled below that line and the the five to eight years of silence really did not help like when i left and there was no new music yeah um i think that kind of didn't kill us but you know it it, it hurt the progress definitely so it's it's just it is what it is <laughs> yeah yeah um and, and is is the I guess the income is different, but the income when you look when you started streaming wasn't the thing really. Mm. We were all buying CD. It wasn't even vinyl hadn't even come back then. It was all CDs, wasn't it at that point? Yeah. Is the is the income any significantly less now because you're not selling that physical and it is all streaming, even for a band of eval size? Yeah, I'd say so. I think even the sales numbers, not even of eval, just most bands the sales numbers are, are declining i mean vinyl sales are going up but yeah you know people are just streaming you know that's, that's how it is now but it's it's convenient isn't it when you're driving along in the car I'll put yeah I, that's a, yeah i i know it sounds hypocritical i use spotify i pay my subscription but you know i'm in the situation where the band is now a hobby and i i work yeah so it's 
it's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> and and do you think it's different? Well, it is different from a fan's perspective because when I when I when I was growing up and when you were growing up, you you'd spend your money on a CD or two, and you would have that on constant rotation until you could afford a new new cd or something like that whereas now you can play a play an album uh, put it aside and and you're on to the next one it's not costing you any extra other than your subscription so yeah as eva as you as you're writing as you're producing do you look at it any differently to try and capture that audience for more than just maybe a play or two through an album on spotify no people's opinions of our situation does not affect what we do because it wouldn't be genuine then because we we wouldn't enjoy it mm. so i i can only consciously write and release a song or an album knowing that i've put my all into it and not thought maybe if we do this a bit more people might listen and we'll make a bit more money because then you go down the road of not to name any names but some bands that have completely changed their their style and just you know yeah, so we wouldn't do that. <laughs> so is it you, you mentioned you've got a young family, you've you've got a full-time job, you're you're in the band as well. You've also occasionally do your Twitch stream as well, I think, still. So how do you juggle all of that time? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I guess. I like I've got home today. Um I've got a few videos to make. I've got a, a solo, a guest appearance on uh, someone's project to do um i've not even thought about right starting writing new eval stuff but um i've got twitch stream tomorrow hopefully yeah. uh the kids are back tomorrow and i just it i just take it day by day basically <laughs> that's all <laughs> i do <laughs> fair enough so so my final question for you tonight oh um you've had a long career it's 24 years now um ups and downs along the way if you could go back and change anything as part of the career of E-Rile, would you change anything? No, I don't think so because it wouldn't be what it has been. I'd, I'd obviously change a few obvious things. Like I obviously wish Mike was still here. Mm. Um, but other than that, it's, it's gone exactly how it, it should have gone. Um, it's just, the circumstances of the industry would be better you know, if we could if we could go back and somehow make streaming more profitable and make it make sense for artists that would be the only thing i'd like to change but that's completely not my decision plus i can't time travel <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Make sure you keep up to date with future episodes by subscribing to our channels. For more information on this podcast, or for all the latest music news, reviews, interviews and more, head over to our website, www.therazorsedge.rocks.